Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? You're a fool, you? Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in fucking dirt, smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know, there's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lars. Shoot a pair of women's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know? Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing the something to fuck along. Here we go! Hey, this is Edwin Outwater. Conductor and musical director of SNM2, and you're listening to And Podcast for All. Welcome back to And Podcast for All. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, I never thought I'd say this, but after today, I'm kind of black albumed out. Yourself? I've been blacked album out for <laughs> some time. <laughs> the announcement came out. We have a box set coming soon. We have all sorts of goodies coming soon. We have a 53 artist Metalla, what the hell they call it? Uh, I think it was Blackout. called the Blacklist. The Blacklist, the Black... I call it the Blackout. We've got that coming. We've got LPs. We've got CDs. We've got DVDs. We've got lanyards. We've got laminates. We've got guitar picks. We have lyrics. Holy Black Album. Um, I might black out from just saying the Black Album is going to be an entire summer wait. Yeah, it's 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 a lot that they're including in the box set, and it's also a lot of money, too. Well, it's only like $43,000, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, not too bad. I suppose you probably pre-ordered it already? I am guilty of pre-ordering it. I'm more excited about the pre-order I made today of Ross Helfen's uh, Black and White book. I'm looking forward to that more than the box set, to be honest with everyone. Yeah, that book is going to be sweet, and I would probably agree with you. Um, I, I can't honestly say that I'll buy the box set, considering I don't own any of the other ones. The black. If I if I don't have the Justice box set, it would be just sacrilegious to myself to buy the Black album before the Justice box set. I'm surprised you don't have any of them, let alone your love and obsession with Justice. I just don't feel like spending that much money on. I get on it. it. You know what I mean? That's just that's what it comes down to. I totally get it. Are you going to get the 53 artist uh, Blackout? It's the blacklist. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because that, for me personally, is actually what I'm most excited for. I love hearing renditions of of songs. I like covers. I like the whole let's take, you know, what they've done, make it different. You know, like the Miley Cyrus, Nothing Else Matters. I thought that was great. I really think it's great. How did I know that was going to be your answer to that question? You just saw that project and went, oh, this is awesome. I 
My name's Jeff Winslow. I love every band in the world. I, I don't hate any band. I love every no, artist. This is yep. the coolest thing ever. Yep, I that's pretty much it. Except for Rage Against the Machine. That's about the only band I really hate. Um, but yeah. I am not a fan of this 53 Artist project. Why not? Is it just, you think it's too out there or just... So when I woke up yesterday and saw the announcement, I thought that this project was part of the box set and I was yeah. just cringing. I'm like, what the fuck is this? We don't <laughs> we don't need another version of Nothing Else Matters in Unforgiven. <laughs> I don't I'm Fair just, enough. I Dude, I looked through the list of artists. There's twelve versions of Nothing Else Matters and seven Unforgiven. So we don't need any more wow. of that. I we just we just we just don't. I'm really excited for Cage the Elephant's cover of The no. Unforgiven. No. Yeah. No. Hey, and you know what? If Lars is listening right now, he's going, yeah, he knows what he's saying. <laughs> he is listening, but I saw Cage the Elephant open up for them at uh, he loves Cage Candlestick, the and I was not a fan. Yeah, they're definitely kind of one of those, like, you know, post-rock, noise rock kind of bands. Kind of <sighs> weird. I'm I'll sorry, have... man. I like way too many different bands. <laughs> I know you do. The part I will admit I'm looking forward to, Ghost. I'm not a Weezer fan, but I want to hear their version of Sandman. Yep. Uh, and Royal Blood, Corey Taylor, and Volbeat, and that's it. I just want to watch all the DVDs that come with it. I mean, that's really the that's the big thing, is just any kind of footage that nobody has seen, that's, that's the best part of it, right? Did you see there's a portion called the Health and Home Videos? Yes, I did. That, I think, is going to be the ticket to the true behind-the-scenes funny shit that we all die to see. You know, I'm not going to lie, even though... The Black Album for me has been kind of at the bottom of my favorite Metallica albums. I, f- I kind of feel like I need to buy this one. I think you're due. I think I'm due. And you know what? What better than the best-selling metal record of all time? Just use your lady's credit card and see when she finds out and just order it and just get it over with. The box set and Ross's book. I definitely want to get Ross's book. That one is that's on my list for sure. What'd you think about uh, Day on the Green and Moscow for the LPs? Good choices. I think so too, but I was hoping for maybe a few more shows. And then Chuck Hoskins, our buddy from Cincinnati from season one, remember Chuck? Yes, I do. He says, well, yeah, it's hard to have more shows when you're going to have a 25-minute version of Seek and Destroy that shows up (laughs) the whole concert length. (laughs) I said, I never thought of that. That is a great response. I love it. Sorry, I take that back. Not Day on the Green. Wembley. Wembley and Moscow LP. Oh, right. Yep. Yep. Also some sad but true picture discs. Yeah. that it, I mean, I think nobody is surprised that this is definitely by far the biggest box set that they've put together. I mean, we all knew that they were going to pack this thing full of goodies. Everything that we wanted to see and hopefully more. Well, speaking of goodies, we are going to Chicago tonight to talk to one major rager of a collector he has i'm not going to spoil it for you yet but he has one piece that is literally one of one in the world whoa okay okay anything else you want to get to before we bring in our guest from the windy city you know i was just there a few weeks ago and it wasn't that windy it was really really hot almost forgot uh less than a month from right now, July 23rd, we're in Sioux City, Iowa at Sioux the Hard City. Rock Hotel and Casino. A last-minute booking, less than a month. 
July 23rd, Sioux City. Can't wait. So any of you ATFA fans feel like flying to Iowa, we'll see you there. I think they'll be there, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Outlaw Corn chapter that is always represented well in Sioux City. Represent. I think we should open with a bread fan because last show we closed with bread fan, and you're just going to have to put up with it. Oh, fine. You win. Okay. Sioux City, <laughs> see you on July 23rd. And here we go to the Windy City. He lives right next to O'Hare Airport, next to the Allstate Arena, where Metallica has basically lived for the last, oh, 20 years or so. From Chicago, one of the biggest Metallica collectors, in my opinion. Please welcome to a podcast for all, Season 4, Episode 10. Mr. Brian Silver. What's up, Brian? What's going on, guys? How you doing? We are doing good, man. Thanks again for joining us. We need to tell everyone that we were supposed to record last night, but one of the three of us got tired and had to take a rain check. You know, I have uh, <laughs> I have a crazy schedule in the summer. I got two kids that wear me down, and we were trying to go at 11 o'clock, and 11 o'clock with no alcohol in my system is a tough one to get to, so I apologize. <laughs> It gave the it gave the black album box it an extra day to marinate with everybody because <laughs> frankly that's what we needed to have happen. Right, it, it marinated enough with me that I think I'm going to buy this one. That's inc- that's impressive. It's funny. I've got all of them, and you know, I open I open them up and I look at them for like five minutes. I'm like, this is sweet, and I put it back in the box and I put it on the shelf. I'm like, I got most of this stuff, and what am I going to do? Iron on the patch? That's a copy, like. <laughs> So I, 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 I don't know what to do. Like, I buy it, you know, because I'm, I'm an idiot. But, you know, I look through it. I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm more excited for Ross's book, too, you know. And then I saw the, there's going to be a limited edition signed one that's coming out. So, uh, you I know, I that. think that would be the best part. Like you were, I think that's going to be the best part, like you guys were saying. You know, frankly, for me, I just keep watching a, I just keep watching a year and a half in the life of Metallica over and over again. And that's all the uh, Black Album era I need. That's funny because I just said that to Shane. He, we were talking about the box that we were texting and said some stuff about like some behind the foot or behind the footage, you know, but behind the scenes footage. Sorry, and I said AKA a year and a half in the life of Metallica. Basically, that's it. That's about that's about that's what it boils down to. Brian, I'm the same way. I get a box that I open it up. I'm like, this is cool, but as a collector, I want to keep it all in one place. The only thing that I've taken out of the well, we've got four box sets so far. The only thing that I've removed is the seattle 89 vinyl because i like to have that displayed in one of my bookcases other than that it's all it's still in the box like it came you see shane and that's the whole thing is you know that if i bought it i would sit there and look at it you saw my my sane anger disc i can't have my box set looking like the sane anger package speaking of that i still have it oh it's sitting right there there we go look how worn that is see how loose it is falling (laughs) apart and everything that 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 would be my box set (laughs) pretty much a good one other than the well, plastic, Brian. mine's still crisp. <laughs> Pizzles is still in the jewel case. Right. Right. Well, Brian, we know you're in Chicago. We know you're a big-time collector. What we don't know, when did it all start for you? When did the memory start to remain? Boy, uh, of collecting or Metallica? Collecting started about 15 years ago when okay. I realized everybody else was collecting sports stuff and I was collecting sports stuff, and I was like, fuck, I like Metallica way better than baseball now. Right. And that and that was literally I was like, all right, I'm going to start collecting this shit. And it was at a time when nobody was collecting. So I got a huge jump start on collecting back then. I mean, I've been a fan for, geez, it's already 30 plus years. Right. I mean, I don't feel that old, but a little over 30 years. And uh, it, like I said, everybody else was collecting baseball cards and bats. And, you know, I decided to 
collect Metallica shit. And so that's what started. And here I am all these years later, still on the hunt for all the pieces that I want and traded away and trying to get back over time. So did this all start on eBay or when did the true collecting start? Where were you finding most of it? No. So, I mean, years ago I started off, um, I just got in touch with uh, the first person I got in touch with was Bill Hal, the original photographer for Metallica. You mm-hmm. may have seen his book before, and mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately led me to probably one of my growl pieces, which is um, the one he's dubbed the shot heard around the world, which is um, Ron, Dave, James, and Lars uh, backstage. And uh, so I got that original photo signed from him, and that was like my first real piece. Wow. Um, and then there was, and, wow, that's cool. Yeah, and then there was an auction. Again, this is when Metallica was like, nobody was collecting it yet, right? And mm-hmm. I got some Cliff Burton handwritten lyrics to Master of Puppets. And what? And, and I put those through, like, you know, uh, through an wow. authenticator and all that because I was still early on in my collecting. And they were like, yeah, this is real deal stuff. Sent it to a second company, said the same thing. And then I was like, all right, I need to start figuring out how to do this. And so I got some off of eBay, but I quickly just kind of got submerged into like a collector's world. And kind of been there ever since then so you know and i think over the time um you know i just kind of built a reputation as a collector and so people started bringing things forward to me to either buy or sell or trade and it's just kind of it's just kind of evolved into its own world amazing handwritten cliff lyrics Uh, what song was it master of puppets wow yeah that is amazing I i think the things that i like most collecting are pieces of paper that were never meant for anything right so i mean old flyers um obviously you know i've got some like uh questionnaires for when the when metallica first went over to germany Mm -hmm. that uh that james and cliff wrote out i've got a letter that lars wrote to kj and so it's all these like little scrap pieces that that's um, awesome you know we're never supposed to last you know receipts that you know Lars wrote to Johnny Z just really cool pieces like that and that's really what I like I mean I got plenty of things that are signed that but um that's the stuff I like I've never collected any of the collectibles that Metallica's put out with the exception of the box sets which we've just talked about Mm -hmm. um but never been into the glasses the shift knobs even the posters it's just you know I don't want the things that are commercialized so Metallica Monopoly all right, so let me tell you. So I do have the first Metallica <laughs> Monopoly, but but so the only reason I have that was so one of my dear friends uh, was their head of security for a long time. His partner still is with Metallica, and he did uh, some of the drawings in his, and he's one of the pieces that's in there. And so I had to get it just to see what it looked like. But uh, that's probably the only one of those things that I've gotten. So when the uh, rock icons, knuckle bone statues come out, you're not you're not going for those. No, I wasn't one of the guys that got pissed off that they look like shit and spent 600 bucks on them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Jesus. (laughs) That was as brutally honest as it comes. I love that. I I mean, (laughs) you know, I I mean, you know, I, I'm on these collector's forums. I'm the, you know, I'm admin on one of them. And it was like, they came out and everybody was like, I want my money back. These things are junk. And it's like, well, I mean, look what you're doing. You're getting a fucking Barbie doll for the love of God. Like it's an, it's enough. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's meant to just look at, you know, but you know, what's crazy about it. No, from afar. Right. From no, afar. right. From a Jesus. Sick fucks. 
Here, here's what's crazy about this, right? Is we all know why James doesn't do his meet and greets anymore, right? He hates the idolization. He hates that stuff, right? But then you get these people that are like, oh my God, I've got my James Hetfield statue and I'm going to go fucking light candles around it. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right? You, you, you know what clap. I mean? Like, but, so like, so like the whole premise of the thing's awkward. I'm sorry for anybody that bought them. Like, I love Metallica as much as the next, but like, it's kind of fucked up. It really is. I uh, I had to go with the James statue. I had to get one out of the four because the other three weren't even close. James and Lars's I thought were pretty cool. I know you didn't like Lars's Shane, but I no. I don't know. He just had that kind of classic Lars stance, so that's why I liked it. The stance is good, but the thrown in one kick drum. It's like really, that's all you could include from the kit. Come on. Well, Dude, that's they, that's they were the, limited at their laser printer. <laughs> 3d printer right you know that's you know that's kind of saint anger era drum set he had the one kick drum and the two toms and the snare so it's you know it's kind of okay she just called the scom set jeff scom right scom hey you know what if they included it with the acrylic what was it gretch snare or whatever it was or like ludwig snare ludwig now if they included it with that then i'm all in blue acrylic 78 ludwig thanks jimmy clark Yep. <laughs> I actually, I actually had a green one like that. I had a, sp- a sparkling green one just like that. It's one of nice. the. It was the first snare, first snare I ever bought, and uh, I traded it away for a Zilbel, which was the stupidest symbol Zildjian's <laughs> ever made. A Zilbel. Uh, stupidest thing. Though they were so popular in like the 2010s with all the metalcore bands, was, you'd hear them. They'd hit their their Zilbel oh God, right yeah. before the breakdown would kick in. You'd just hear. Ding! Right, that's what it was. But everyone had to have one when they came oh, out. Everybody, stupidest, stupidest piece of musical equipment ever is a Zilbel. Jeff, that should be the end voting for all for Brian: a Zilbel or the knucklebone statues. Hey, yeah. there you go. That's a good idea. I don't know. We could we could see you keep me going. I might pull out a few more out of my ass that we can put on that list too. So, oh we'll my see. God, Brian! So everything you have paper wise from Johnny Z or handwritten lyrics, it is all the original pieces no copies flyers etc no everything's everything's original i got i got handwritten lyrics to uh wow. to four other songs as well too that were written on the back of flyers from 1982 and so those were for um when james was not going to be singing they were trying out a couple different singers and mm-hmm. i actually got the sheets of paper for four different lyrics that they wrote out when they were um, when they're trying out other singers, wow. and when I when I saw Lars, what was it three years ago now? When he was doing a thing for, uh, you know, with Stone um, for the Enter Night Beer, I actually brought him pictures, and he looked at me and he goes, "How the fuck do you have these things?" Nice. And I told him, and I told him where I got them, and he was like, "No doubt they're authentic." And uh, the name of the guy, the name of the guy is nowhere in any Metallica history books or anything like that. He literally was a guy that came and tried out and didn't get it, but. You know, he just had James Hetfield's handwritten lyrics, and I, I was going to ask you how you had it. Like, how did you find out if it was authentic or not? But man, finding out from Lars himself—that's about yeah. as authentic yeah. as it gets. Yeah, and J- he- James has pretty distinctive handwriting too. Right. So, I mean, if you know what you're looking for, it's it's pretty distinctive. But I showed it to him, and again, I said the guy's name, and he was like blown away that I knew this guy's name because it was that's just awesome. out of left field. And I talked to so like one of the people I've. Um, connected with over the years was Dave Mars, who was James's high school friend, mm-hmm. who was the first drum roadie, and I showed him to him as well too. And I said the name before I brought him to Lars, and he was like, "Oh, no doubt, these are the real deal." I re- He's like, "I remember this stuff." 
So uh, I knew and when I had it, I knew it was legit. was not John Bush. It was not John. It was not John Bush, and I can't think of it as we're speaking. But it will come up to me shortly. It's it's some no name guy, and it was just a friend of of a friend, and uh, and they were his, you know. That's pretty cool, Jeff. Uh, we don't need an authenticator because both James and Lars said, "Where the fuck did you get this?" Yeah, yeah for right. real. That's right. pretty. Uh, that's pretty legit. Well, and the best, the best. So the best part was so like everybody had like a minute. Like there were probably fifty people at this at this uh, stone thing, right? And so, like, I'm there with Lars, and like, the security's like ushering everybody away. They're like, "All right, guy, let's go, let's go." And Lars is like, "No, no, 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 hold on." And Lars is like, "What other, what other pictures do you have?" And so cool. I'm up there showing him, and my buddy's like videoing this, and the whole time Lars is just like, "This is fucking crazy." I'm like, "Yep, I fucking know." Like, you know, I'm like, "What do you want from me?" Because I've got a couple things I want from you if we work out a deal here. You know? <laughs> yes, I like how he's like trying to think of like the barter here, right? Negotiating. Well, Right. Well, actually, this so this photo I was telling you guys about this shot heard around the world. This photo from '82. Lars wants this thing really bad because the copy that he had, he actually sent over to Europe and never got it back because it's the it's the it's the photo that's in the Caring magazine, and uh, he doesn't have this photo back. So he knows that I have this one. He knows I have the signed one, and uh, I was just like, dude, like drum set, like what do you want to give me? <laughs> Right, like, what does it matter to him? He's got fifty of them that Tama gives him every other month, right? And uh, you know, so I'd love to, I'd love to get a good swap for that. I think that would be a wow. fair trade to give him that back. So I think you should tell him that you want a lifetime all access pass. I think so, just like Barricade Ron, right? Barricade Ron, I was there when Barricade Ron got his award. I was too. That's pretty yeah. cool that Lars knows there's something out there you have, and you yeah. know that's just driving him nuts. Going, God damn it! And he, you know, and I, he, I would just settle for being personal friends with the guy. Like, hey, how about we just you know barbecue once a month at your house? You know, it's all good, right? And yeah. right, and he, and and he's and he's the ultimate Metallica collector too. You know, there I mean, they say Lars is the one that has one of everything in the band. He was, he's except the guy that, that has shit. it all, except for that, except Fuck for you, that picture. <laughs> yes, it's fucking mine. It's fucking mine. So, yeah, no. So that's it. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's just cool. Like, uh, you know, I've started this Metallographs, which has been like uh, focusing on uh, authenticating Metallica only things. And it's just helped kind of like keep me very involved with the community and the hobby, which that's is That's what been a I wanted to get fun. to, Brian. That's how you and I kind of crossed paths all four or five months ago. I saw this thing, Metallographs. And then, of course, the pictures are all this rare shit that I've seen signed that none of us have seen. And I'm like, who is this guy and what's this metallographs thing and how does he know what he's you know authenticating how did that start uh well when you're a big geek like me all you do is just Nothing focus wrong with that. right all, all you do is find a hobby and become obsessive compulsive with it right <laughs> and so so that's that's literally what it is and i've got two kids that are 9 and 6 now but for the last decade you know you don't have much of a life when you've got kids that are 9 and 6 outside of work yeah ask jeff that Right, I've got three daughters. There, I, there you go. I got two daughters, so I get it. Right, so there's not much. So there's not much life. You poor so two. No kidding. <laughs> I don't know who I pissed off, but I guess I did. But yeah, same. You know, right? No, but um, you know, I just started getting really into it, and I started, you know, looking at thousands of autographs, real and fake, and trying to figure out what was this, you know, mm-hmm. that made it legit and what didn't. And you know, I eventually connected with. Um, a big authenticator um, who's a big Metallica fan, and we talked a little bit, um, and I was just kind of comparing notes with him, and I just kind of kept studying, kept studying, kept studying, and 
you know, somehow it just kind of clicked with me over time, but it would, it's just nerd. I mean, every day I'm on eBay, um, whether I'm looking to buy or not to just really look at, you know, 99% of them are fake, but I look at the fakes and I, and I look and I'm like, why is this fake? What is it? You know, what are some of the obvious characteristics, you know? And, you know, I've been able to kind of break up a couple of bad fake rings, um, over the last couple of years, one came out of Texas. Um, good. A lot of, a lot of 90 sign stuff. Um, one out of Florida as well too. So a lot of old cliff stuff that was fake that was circulating a lot. So, um, I just think it's, you know, it's my hobby. It's fun, you know. Good for and when you. you live in when you live in Chicago and the and the winters suck and you can't leave your house, it's all you do is focus on that, something like that. Yeah, that explains it. Yeah, you really think over ninety percent of what we see on eBay is fake? No doubt, no doubt. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you ninety eight percent is fake. You know, if I wow. were to if I were to scroll down the first hundred things, I bet you of the first hundred, ninety five, ninety six of them are fake. The three of us being diehard fans, we know pretty close what the autographs of you know this era looks like. Mm-hmm. Like when you said in the mid '90s when James was spelling it J A Y M Z, yeah. I mean, how many of those are fake compared to what you found to be real? I well, mean, you, so it, you and I know them well, but I mean, what what are you really looking for? Is it really fine detail that you've you've seen over the past years? Yeah, it's a lot of fine detail. There's a lot of things. So like a lot of that era stuff, um, you'll see a lot of the fake sign 94, 95, 96 primarily. And you'll see them a lot on like justice posts, like big 24 by 36 justice posters, a lot of fake like load and reload uh, era stuff as well too. And you could just see it's the same signature over and over again. And actually what's interesting is the one that's the most off is the one that should be the easiest, which is the Lars. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's consistent on on all of them, and uh, but it's it sells like hotcakes. You see it, you can Google sure. it. Um, so you know I've you know I've tried to help a lot of people just by saying don't buy this stuff. Like you're you know sure. usually too if you see a if you see a Metallica poster for two hundred fifty dollars that's signed by all four, it's a good chance it's fake, right? I mean the 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 price keeps skyrocketing. Anything that's real. I mean, it's hard to find anything signed by all four under 500 bucks already at this point. You know, maybe a couple CDs here and there, but, you know, anything of any value is going up quickly. Have you just studied Metallica signatures or have you gotten into other stuff? No, um, really just Metallica. I mean, I've got a couple other pieces as well, too. You know, I've got uh, um, I've got a Zeppelin album. I've got a Hendrix signed piece. Uh, it's oh. like a piece of paper. Um, so I've got a couple small things. I got a Beatles that's signed on like a really small thing, but that's about it. You know, you can't be good at everything. Right. And so like, that's why I, you know, no disrespect to anybody that's a professional authenticator that authenticates thousands of things, but I don't understand how you can authenticate Metallica and then you can turn around and authenticate a George Washington autograph and be equally as confident with both of them. Right. Right. Well and said. so that's right. And so that's why I've always just been like, all right, I'm going to do one thing and one thing only and focus on one thing and, you know, and, and help people out. I mean, it's, you know, in our little nerdy Metallica collectors community, you don't want to see anybody get burned. Right. And no. so, right. And so that's that, you know, that's where it came from. And so, um, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of things that were being authenticated by the big authentication houses. And I was like, uh, like this isn't right. Somebody's, you know, somebody's getting ripped off here. And that's when I said, all right, you know, I'll do something. I charge, I charge next to nothing. You know, I mean, I give advice to people all the time because I just don't want to see people get ripped off. Oh, good for you. Look at you, Brian. See, not all heroes wear capes, man. Right, exactly. Exactly. Saving the Metallica family. I love it. The one hero that works for free, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) The hero of the day. 
there you go. First, <laughs> there's a first for every first for everything. Brian's even helped me on a few things. Just, just you know, I, he hasn't sent me an invoice yet, but he sure has hell been helpful with a couple. You, items. you better like, send Shane a bill here pretty well, soon. Well, let me let me tell you. You know, one of the things that really upset me with Shane was I had this piece that I put oh, up for don't sale. Don't get me started. And I need to get it back for him because I really feel bad about this one. <laughs> so I didn't even know this though, right? That's so before I ha- I, we even knew each other. It is. So I had a picture of all four of them standing in front of their. Uh, G four, if you remember from a year and a half, the the silver plane with the um, with the snake G1. on the back. G one or the G one. I'm sorry, the G four was the jet one. The G one's a propeller, right? Get it right, G one. Sorry, the G one, <laughs> the G one, and it's signed by all four of them. And it was like one of the first pieces that I sold oh, through so Metallographs. Cool. And like months later, he's like, "Do you still have this one?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "Dude, I'm a pilot. I need this thing." <laughs> and I'm like. Fuck. You if know, anyone like, needs a picture of those four in front of the airplane, I I have to be somewhat of a dick and say it's me. It's you. And I and I I've got I, to work. I, got, I would agree that 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 picture definitely needs oh. it needs to go somewhere hanging on Shane's wall. Don't put it in the bathroom, Shane. Make sure it's out in the open, dude. <laughs> we got yeah. the four of them. It's signed. The G1, out of all the airplanes, I'm probably one of a handful of people that knows all the jets they've flown in over the years. But the G1 is my favorite. Why? Because it's a year and a half. It's got the paint job. It's got the snake on the The tail. The snake on the tail. And for the aviation nerds out there, there was less than 200 G1s ever made. And it's just an iconic, old-school, executive turboprop. And that picture, when I saw it, I looked at that picture for five minutes. I was like, there has to be a way I can get my hands on this. And then... That's that's basically how we connected, man. Yep, and we got to still get that. I got to. I've got more we'll things. I can out. I can. I can offer the guy that bought it for me something else because we got to get that in your hands. You do deserve that for sure. We'll work it out. I've been in touch with him too, and I just been going mock ten between podcast and work and playing shows, and we'll 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 get down to it. I got to get back to him. Yep, I get it. I get it. I wish I was still playing shows. I'm a, you know, I'm a musician myself by trade, and. It's uh, it's one of the things I miss most is is getting out there and jamming with uh, with my boy, with my buddies for sure. Well, when we fire Jeff, you can join one, and we'll be back in business. There you go. Sounds good. Don't fire him too fast, though. As Jeff gives the thumbs up. Well, I was giving the thumbs up to to him joining, not me getting fired. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I want to make him feel welcomed. You know, I don't I don't want him to feel. Yeah, I don't want you to feel like you're stepping into an awkward situation here. Jeff's like, so I can just go play covers of Miley Cyrus and Elton John's Nothing Else Matters and we'll be we'll be in business. Yeah, I'll go over so, to Route 65 or whatever the fuck Pickle Park is called now and I'll I'll go out there and I'll jam and we'll be good to go. Oh man. So here's the here's the question. This was I saw this online the other day. Purple purple Tama or Orange Tama? Or uh, sil- or silver Tama. Or green Tama. So uh, this green is like this was like in voting for all from I believe like two weeks ago. Yeah, I voted for purple. Did you? I would pick purple over orange, but I pick green over both of them. Really? Yeah. The green one didn't. The, de- the green one didn't get much love. No, it didn't. I think that's why. Have... I think that's why I like it so much because I'm always one that goes for Same the underdog. Kit. Yeah, and you know I I'm I'm always rooting for the underdog, so that kit definitely didn't get as much love as all the rest of them. So I felt like I always was partial to that one you do got to say it's pretty cool that they custom make the names of the colors too right i mean the yeah, purple one's purple, deeper pu- deeper purple and magnetic, magnetic orange magnetic orange yeah i don't know what the right? green one was called though 
I don't think I don't think it did. I was a big fan of the load, er, the silver one in load yeah, too. Invis- I, invisible green. <laughs> oh, well, I've got the orange kit. I've got the purple kit. I like the purple kit more based on looks, but I've got a lot more memories with my orange one. But it's I think the purple's more. We've definitely more, more Metallica. Pl- we've played some pretty memorable shows with that orange kit. Oh, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> I've been, you know, I, I've been trying to get. I have a so my my Tom is actually a. Uh, it's black, and so I was trying to get the orange one, and it was available for such a short period of time that uh, it was hard to get. And then I was trying to get it directly through Tama, but in order for them to wrap the shells and all, because they were out of, already out of production, it was going to be like an eight-month process, and I was going to wow get all these cards. Oh, so you're a drummer. I am. So I am. Shane is the one that's getting fired, and you're taking his I, spot, not <laughs> mine. Okay. That's fine. No, I, I can trade an orange Tama for Cliff's handwritten lyrics, no problem. You know? <laughs> Shane's like, gladly, I'll, I'll take those right. lyrics off your hand. That was, that I, was I, need, I need the that puppets lyrics. Brian has a picture in his bathroom that I need and the airplane yeah. picture, and that'll be an even trade for an orange Tama Star Classic. <laughs> why do you love – so why do you love that picture so much? The one in my bathroom. So this is Jeff. So I've got this picture oh, hanging Jeff, in my bathroom. Jeff, if you saw it, you'd understand. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a picture of the four guys backstage sitting in their underwear and towels just kind of like lounging. And every time I talk to Shane, he's like, "I gotta have this thing." I'm like, "That's fucking weird. Like, it's kind of weird. I have it, you know." It's Jeff, and it's in my cunning stunts, man. Nope. Is it? Well, it's not from that era. Nope. That's the first thing I think of because the back of cunning stunts, they're sitting in their towels and their underwear. This is all four of them in the dressing room, sitting on their chairs next to their wardrobe road cases. Yep. The wardrobe, the wardrobe cases are open. And what era is this? It, it was signed. It was signed uh, in two thousand. No, it's newer than that. It was signed in two thousand ten. So I think it's on. I think it's from the death death magnetic. Floor. Okay. 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 Um, it's. I'll. I'll Brian, send me a picture of that. <laughs> I, will. I will. When Jeff sees it, he'll understand why that's. What's the affinity with with the uh, road case dressing rooms? Um, Jeff and I. Uh, living together on the road for the past 11 years. That pose after a show of... It's just the picture that captures the four of them totally exhausted. After a show, they all have the same body language. They're sweaty as shit. There's clothes all over the floor. There's towels ready to be going. It's it's kind of almost a sentimental type of situation because we have been in that situation. Yes. So yeah. many times, and you know, and it's a rare picture in the dressing room, Jeff, where you barely see their wardrobe cases ever open in that era. Yep, that's, that's cool. That's really it's cool. It's so rare behind the scenes, and it's just them, just kind of. You can tell it's five minutes after they walked off, and are just like, <sighs> "Who took the yeah, photo? It, Do you know who took the photo? Was it Helfin or?" I, I would assume it is, but I don't know. It was in a. It's in a tour book, actually. Bill McClure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to find it. I'll have to, I'll have to find it or take it when we get off the get off. And it's, Jeff it's knows cool I like road though. road case pictures. Yeah, those. Well, <laughs> and those you know behind the scenes pictures. I mean, that's everybody can see pictures of them on stage and you know promo. And it's pictures. signed by all four, right, Brian? Yep, signed by all signed by all four of them. How many autographs do you have of all four in on one piece? Uh, I think at last count of uh, with all four was 186. <laughs> Jeez. 
holy shit. I was expecting like, oh, you know, 20. 20, 30. <laughs> Even then, I was shooting high with 20 or 30. No, 186. it's wow. 186. And every piece that I have, with the exception of very few pieces, I only collect things that are signed by all four of them. Wow. So so that's that makes it a lot harder to, um, to so find what you're looking for. Lars Snarehead, just with Lars, does not interest you one bit. If it was his snare head that he actually used, yes. I got Okay. I have one of those for you. I think I got eight of his drum heads signed. I think it's eight's the number now. Um, but most things I co- most things are signed by all four. Like um, Wow, one eighty six. You know, yeah. And then I actually have it on my phone. I have it broken down by how many signed by Cliff, how many signed by, you know, Jason, how many signed by Rob and you know, and then I even have the one by signed by Ron. So um, Next, oh, the only thing you need now is you just need to put it on your bucket Lloyd, list and Lloyd, Lloyd Grant. Grant. <laughs> you got to right. put it on your bucket list and you got to go seek out Dave Mustaine with a copy of Kill 'Em All and get him to sign it. Be like, hey, will you sign good, this for me? <laughs> good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck. He would. He would. He would treat me. He would treat me like I was looking at porn on the internet. And, and like. Uh, like he just. Like he just got rid of. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't go that far, right? But. It's tough. It's tough. He just got kicked out of the band over some internet <laughs> porn with a 19-year-old, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Jeff, he needs an autograph to Lloyd Grant. Yeah. Lloyd Grant. I met. I met him at the 30th anniversary shows. Couldn't believe how big his hair was. It was unbelievable. It's yeah, it weighs as much as he does. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, the other thing I, I have a I have a lot of old flyers, and I got a lot of old um, like ads from magazines that they were in, and those I really love too because like. You know, Metallica's so far down. You know, in 1983, they were nobody, right? So they're mm-hmm. so far down, and it's like, you know, and coming from, you know, coming from Los Angeles to rip your head off is Metallica, you know? I love that. Just right? old and, school, original. Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff, you know, it's what's crazy about some of this stuff is like, why was it kept? You know, like, like they were nobody. So how is this stuff still surfacing? A lot of these things come from like early 83, and it's like, why did somebody keep them all these years? Like Metallica didn't get famous overnight. So I think that's what's so cool. And I think that's as a musician, you guys can appreciate this, right? Is like they're so documented as a band from early on when they were mm-hmm. nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Because they right. they did it, right? They lived they you know, the whole story is just incredible how they moved to San Fran to keep the band going with Cliff and they really were dedicated to it. But the way everything is just kind of like track like their history is tracked and nowadays you can't you don't do that right it's all over the internet and there's just no paper trail of the history of them and i think that's one of the things that's so fascinating just about metallica is they're probably you know one of the last that i mean i would say the foo fighters are the true last real rock and roll band like this but metallica is one of the last ones that you can kind of follow that from start to finish because everything's documented on paper with them right it's there it's there and i think you can thank lars for a lot of that Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. no. Bands nowadays, they don't care. They got their social media, they got their their phones and and the internet, and that's that's good enough. You know, there's yeah. yeah. Why document what you ate four years ago when you have Twitter? Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and I had you a know number what, two this, at Hardee's. Yeah, whatever. And this day and age, that's a really important thing. Pretty hey, sad to say, but that's, that might be that's Pizzle's Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag Frank's Noodle House. Hey, I'd go back there. Has to be carbonated, or else I'm not drinking it. <laughs> Brian, before we get to a little jump in the fire trivia, we have to share your your one of one item, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you talking not... about the glove? 
Oh, it's not the, the it's not the lyrics. Oh, this this beats this, Jeff. Get ready. Just buckle up, buddy. What, what do you so have? OJ's have, glove? Kind of actually. It's close enough. It's Better. it's James's it's it's James's burn glove. And so I've got the I've got the burn glove that James wore post um post uh Canada show where obviously we all know the story. halfway through Metallica's set when a stage prop exploded, inflicting second-degree burns on James Hetfield's arms and legs. The band was How do you even get your hands on that? <laughs> that's not the only thing that's been on it. But uh, you know what? It was... Their, 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 old, their old tour manager had it, and I connected, uh, I connected with Tony Smith. God, this is probably 10 years ago already. And mm-hmm. I was able to get a couple things from Tony Smith. I was able to get one of my favorite pieces actually is when Tony Smith married his wife, Carol, the band was there and they drank a bottle of Jaeger at the party and they signed the bottle of Jaeger, all four of them. And it says things like, don't do it. Like, you know, Satan in a bottle. It's all written on the Jaeger bottle. And so <laughs> I was able to get a couple pieces, but that was one of the things he had. And on the, on the elastic part of it, uh, James actually wrote out James, so it's it's not really an autograph; it's more printed J A Y M Z. But it's the glove that he wore for how many shows while he was wow. doing recovery? Yeah, that's crazy. So basically, the glove that went on probably that night in Montreal and then finished out that stadium tour, and then yeah. Tony Smith ends up with it when he takes it off. Yep, it's in there's, it's and it's in my there's basement. Probably some now I sent dead skin particles from James Hetfield still on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. Now, I, I did Pull send that in, actually. I, I sent a picture of it in for the box set. I don't know if it's going to get in or not. I got some stuff in during the kill, for the Kill em All box set. I have a couple pieces that made the picture. So I, I would hope and think that this one might make it in. I mean, obviously, it's significant enough, right, oh, for it what it is. To. Right? So we'll see it's if, got that, to, Brian. if that one makes it in there. It's got to be in there. It's got to be in there. So... I mean, I literally took it and put it, like, I took it out of the case and I put it, like, on a Xerox machine, you know, in color Xerox. I mean, it's a really cool picture of what I did for him. So, we'll see if we'll see if that gets out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild piece. Actually, the, you know, the one that, you know, a couple of people know I had that, but the, the piece that's more important for, from A, a collector's perspective, but B, the history of Metallica, is I actually have the tape that Lars gave Johnny Z to get signed with, right? Whoa. And... So I have that one in my basement. Yeah. So um, years ago, Johnny Z, 2004, Johnny Z put a whole bunch of stuff up in an auction in Julian's. And again, this was when nobody gave a shit about Metallica stuff, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, if I tell you I paid less than $400 for this tape in 2004 and what it's worth now, but it's literally the tape that got Metallica going. And so that's in the collection. So that's not one, you know, like I said, a handful of collectors... No, and I've had some people that have traveled from around the world that have come to see um, see some of my stuff. That's the one that people kind of always miss, even though it's displayed really prominently in my collection. Because you look at the glove, and sure, the glove is sure. like the, the story everybody knows. The tape that he gave Zazula's, holy shit. Well, next yep, time we it. play got... in Chicago, we're going to stop by Brian's house. 
I don't think we need to play there. We just need to go there, Jeff. All right. I'm just going to take inventory I mean, before you guys walk in the front door, but for sure you guys will be yeah, – I'd love to have you over. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. We're super honest people. Just because I lived in the hood yeah. growing up doesn't mean that I got sticky fingers or anything like that, man. Jeff, you get the glove. I got to sneak that dressing room picture out of the shitter. <laughs> You should be walking out of the bathroom with a picture under his shirt and shit. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a funny tell you a funny story really quickly. So I had some buddies over last year. It actually was before pre COVID, and we're drinking in the basement, and all my stuffs in the basement of my house, and uh, you know they're all fucking around with my Metallica stuff because they're not fans, but they everybody appreciates what the collection is because there's just so much of it, right? I mean, it's floor to ceiling. So, anyways. We leave, you know, everybody leaves and I go to bed. The next morning I wake up to a text message and one of my buddies took this photo that I have of Lars um, that is autographed. I got it from Bill Hal, the photographer, and it says, um, keep your keep your mind clean and your nose dirty, Lars Ulrich. And it's just a little five by seven photo that he signed for Bill, but it's missing, right? And my buddy took it and then he's like <laughs> taking his kids to school and he's taking pictures with like this photo in the car. And then oh, he's at Dunkin' dude. Donuts with this. And I was furious. I was like, Grant, get fucking back to my house and drop wow. this thing off right now. And he was taking pictures, like pretending to kiss the photo. And, oh, sure. Uh, I would, and I was living. And my friends were having just such a laugh at my expense over this. But uh, that's the Grant, only time that I will just, kill you if you're not back right? here in five hours. <laughs> that was That's... That's that, that's the only time that something's escaped the house uh, without me knowing about it. Hey, that's a sign of a good friend, right? No, yeah, they all laughed at it. <laughs> oh, wow, he didn't seem so Brian's too sure a, about that. Brian's having a fucking yeah. heart attack. I, I, I literally had a heart attack. He brought me a he brought me six donuts. Like, do you think six fucking donuts is gonna make up for me like freaking out over this thing? Like, you don't understand. You should, what this he, thing like, is. motherfucker, you should have brought me seven donuts. What are you thinking? <laughs> right. <laughs> And an iced coffee, bitch. And a purple <laughs> drum kit. <laughs> yep. Let's play a little trivia with uh, Mr. Brian Silver from Chicago. You ready, Brian? All right, let's do it. If you get all seven of these, I'll, I'll donate maybe one of my kits to the uh, Silver Basement. He said I'll all donate right, a James Hetfield replica guitar pick, maybe. <laughs> or a Knuckle Bones rock icon statue. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> Hey. I don't want it. <laughs> Not even for free. Oh, Not even sad. for free. Oh. This is... God. We could talk for five hours. That's the problem here, Brian. Easily. Easily. We'll talk it. for five like hours when, we, up right when now. we hang out some, someday. Oh, easily. For sure. Oh, no kidding. Let's jump in the fire for a bit. Question one. This whole thing kind of has a Black Album feel to it since it's kind of Black Album week. Name four, that's right, name four artists that are appearing on Metallica's blacklist. They are 53 possible answers. <laughs> and we already named, like, quite a few early on. All right. Four, well, buddy. Well, hold, hold on. So I, so I wasn't even able to be part of this conversation because it was during your introduction, right? So can I speak on this? Either I'm Absolutely. getting way older or... Either I'm getting way older or I just really don't fucking care about other music outside of like five bands. That sounds like Shane. Because because I didn't know any of these Brian fucking and Shane people. Versus Jeff. Seriously, like, okay, like I saw Corey Taylor was on there, right? Obviously, like I saw a handful of people, but I'm looking at these bands. I'm like, who are these people? You know what right. I mean? Like I had no clue. I didn't realize I was that much of a nerd. Like, you know, I obviously I know KG Elephant because I saw them at Orion Fest, right. you know, but I mean like. You know, it's pretty sad that I've got to use Miley Cyrus as one of the 
one of the names that I that I was able to pick out from there, right? Hey, she counts. Hey, man, it's for charity. Well, you know the other part. Here's the other thing: was um, I saw Elton John's on that cover with her, so but I didn't hear him sing. So was he just playing piano? He's playing piano, but that counts. That counts. I mean, you've already said Cage the Elephant, Miley Cyrus, and Elton John. So the funny thing is, I'd rather hear Elton sing than Miley. I agree. I agree. Miley sounds like a dude. She does sound yeah, like a Cortez. dude, but right. I don't care what anyone says. Miley Cyrus can fucking sing, though. She's got pipes. She can, but it does, it it sounds. She sounds like she's been on a bender for five weeks. You know what else is interesting? Corey Taylor's another one, but here's the other, here's the other thing that's interesting is: Have you noticed that they have music videos for these, and they're actually pretty good music videos? Yes. Well, I'll, you know? I'll give them that. Well, yeah, it's Miley Cyrus. She's probably almost nothing else matters video is pretty good <laughs> she's probably almost as rich as metallica is so i mean i sad <laughs> yeah now actually right sad but true sad but true it is sad but true i looked she's actually scapegoat dude right i looked the other day i i saw james and lars were worth 350 million bucks and i bet you if we google this right now my i bet you miley cyrus is 250 million plus probably stand by we're looking it up right now we're gonna find out what her net worth is. Miley Cyrus net worth. This is scary, folks. This One one hundred and sixty million. That's that's Still not bad for for I think what she's twenty seven, twenty eight years old. That's true. She never had a black album either. Yeah, and she but she's still worth 160 million. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is that because of her father or what? No, she's worth way more than Billy Ray. Billy yeah. Ray ain't worth shit. You know, a lot of it probably comes from the from her kids. What was the show she was on? Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Right. She, right? So there's probably huge money in that alone. Well, you got to remember nowadays it's not about platinum records. It's about how many downloads you get. So if you get a million downloads, that's like the same as a platinum record nowadays. It's not about what you say. It's about how I feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so let me so so let me put a, a not a shameless plug because it's not that it's actually anti this. So. So I blame my younger brother for all the music problems in the world. So my younger brother is um, one of the heads of a one of the heads of A and R for Columbia Records, and his job is literally to find the next number one hit. And I literally say to him, oh, and he's it's a musician Mr. Silver's too. Fault. And I say to him, I go, Robbie, I go, you're the fucking asshole that's ruining the music industry. <laughs> ask, right? ask him why WAP had to be a number one song. I mean, Cardi, it's unbelievable. Cardi, Cardi B can get down and party, and she's got some, he, he she's was, got some gnarly shit. But WAP is a terrible, terrible song. Ter- well, my brother was the guy that discovered Old Town Road, right? So he was he. What was that guy's name? The Old Town Road singer. That was Lil Nas X and Billy. Little Nas X. Yep, so that's so that's my brother. He discovered the chain smokers, right? And in the chain smokers. So he discovers oh, wow. all this music and I'm like, dude, right? I'm like, dude, come on, like give They're us huge like too. give us something that can perform a but we need a whole album. You know, and what and now it's like if the song's right. over three minutes, it's all about the song's EPs over three minutes, singles. there's no there's no interest. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And TikTok. Well yeah, well nowadays and, a, a lot of artists have even come out and said that like, you know, we'll still continue to put out records, but it's not like how it's going to be like the majority of what we're going to do is going to be singles because them, you know, the way the music is set up now, they make more money if they release a single than if they do a record. They lose money nowadays by going into the studio and having to, you know, put all that money into it. You know, it's like hell. And a single's 2 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, and they just made triple the amount of money they would on a record. No, the, mu- the music industry has definitely changed, and not for the better, but you know what? I honestly don't think it's going to go back to the way it was. It's going to keep moving in this techno- technology, you know, download era. 
damn you, Robbie Silver. <laughs> you know, right? You know, there's not going to be people going in one-on-one studios like Metallica did for the Black Album and recording and behind a yeah, wall right. of foam anymore. Like that shit's all in the past. The U-Haul blanket. The Black Album is the past. Fucking pop music is the future. <laughs> Fucking Robbie Silver. Oh, man. Robbie, what have you done to us? I want to have Robbie on the show. We just bash him for 90 minutes. Right. It's way, he's way cooler than I am, too. Except for the fact that he's fucking ruined music. Robbie, I bet you don't have a fucking burn glove. Nope. Although, although, this is great. So he's a big Metallica fan. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we did a, put together a will. And, you know, we met with a lawyer. So all of our shit. And in the will, I put, in case something happens, I put my entire Metallica collection to to my brother, Robbie. And my wife, like, lost her shit over this, right? So she, like, made me change. So she made me change it. But the thing is, is I don't want my wife to have it because she doesn't know what I really paid for half this shit, right? So she sold it for... <laughs> So if she sells it for what I told her I bought it for, I'm fucked, right? Even when I'm dead. So I got to give it to my brother because he at least no, knows sweetie, the real value. Those handwritten shit. lyrics were only $24. <laughs> Hopefully exactly. your right? brother exactly. doesn't use them as bribery tools with the next, you know. Holy cow. Cardi B. Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's no shit. Here, do you know who this is? This is Master of Puppets. Have you ever heard of that? Well, it's Never. it's worth a lot more than you're worth. So. <laughs> Mrs. Silver, Brian's basement was only worth about two grand. <laughs> yeah. Right. And my and my name's Shane, my name's Shane. I'll be coming to give you twenty five hundred dollars so you can make a profit. And I'll be taking it all with me. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Right. I don't even know if you could put a price on half that shit you have. I mean, that's you can't. You can't. It's, you can't. It's priceless. It's literally. It's like you have things that people oh, a, should not have. That's a great question, Brian. What is there? If someone came to you with the burn glove or the handwritten lyrics, what amount would would persuade you? There's got to be something. There's there look. There's always something, right? But I just I have no interest in it, right? I have no interest in it right now. I, I mean, I've had somebody offer me some big money on those handwritten lyrics. You know, I mean, you know, twenty big big money, twenty thousand dollars a sheet, and it's just, wow. it, you know what? It, it will it will. When, when the time comes, it will always be there, right? That money will be there because, or at least I hope, but I'm not, look, You're I didn't in control pay that. Of it. That's the right, good part. Right. I didn't pay them. And you know what? I don't have a lot of vices left in my life. So sitting in my basement and staring at my walls gives me great joy. And so for that, I'm not ready to sell it. You know, I really feel, I really feel like me collecting is like, it's, you know, it, like I'm curating something, right? And yeah. So it's, there's just mo- not- it's more than just a collection. It's a sentimental attachment to something sure. that you have. Totally, totally. You know, and so, like I said, it's not about the money. I know, you know, because I got so many things so long ago and they've gone skyrocketing in value. I know I can make a lot of money on it, but it is not a money thing for me. It's happiness is literally sitting in my basement, you know, yeah. watching, you know, watching a concert and just doing this the whole time and staring at the walls being like, yeah, fuck, this is awesome, you know. Yeah, people ask me, what are you going to do with your autographed pinball machine, Shane? And I'm like, well, it's probably going to the nursing home with me because I just don't see part. I just, I'm not going to part with it. See, and right. this is this totally. is why women get so upset with us guys because because they really hate how little it takes to make us happy. We just <laughs> need some. It. We just need some Metallica memorabilia and some concerts, and we're good to go. That's it. You know, my my my, my birthday is coming up in a couple of days, and my wife's oh, like, "What do you want?" I'm like, I'm "That like, makes two no. of us." When's your birthday? Twenty eighth. On the 25th. Wow, Dude. look at that. Cheers, Brian. Cheers to both of you. And, right, and, and my, wife, my wife's like, what do you want? I'm like, uh, Metallica concert? Like, you know, like nothing. I don't care.
And she rolls her eyes going, again? 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 Actually, <laughs> again? Actually, she said she said to me the other day, because she's got a friend's wedding coming in November. And I said, I'm not going, you know? And she says, well, I didn't say anything when you went to San Francisco for Metallica for the S&M shows. I go, well, of course not. Like, this is all I want. You can have everything. You can have everything else. I don't give a shit. I just want <laughs> I just time, needed that know? that one trip. That's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I'm skipping, you know, S&M 2 for someone's wedding I don't care about. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it always seems to be an argument. Well, how come you're not going to this with me? And how come you're not going to this? And we've been invited to this, you know. It's like, yeah, that's uh, Aftershock. Yep, that's Daytona Beach. Yeah, uh-huh. right. Those weekends right. have been planned I, in advance. See, I can't, I can't talk any shit because I lost my fight to go to S&M too, and I had a free ticket and still didn't go. Well, that's your loss, Jeff, and you're going to live with that for the rest of your life. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and you call yourself a podcast host after you pass that up <laughs> sorry man three kids they're they're a Your lot of work. one chance to hear all within my hands live and you blew it <laughs> <laughs> That's all i needed to hear too i i would have heard that and i would have walked out a happy man <laughs> as soon as they played i went jeff this is probably your last chance to hear this buddy right i really i really lost out on a great opportunity there but hey you know what i gotta deal with it and I'm over it. And I'm over it. <laughs> Ask Brian question two since we're still in jumping the fire. Yeah, I know. We're like at if we don't edit this, we're gonna hear jumping the fire on loop nine times. Right. All right. All right. Back to jumping the fire. We'll finish these questions. Que- he's got to get all, all right, seven cool. right. Yeah, he's got to get them all. All right. Question number two. What is Jason Newstead's birthday? Jason Curtis Newstead. Birthday Whoa. is middle name. Was he like November eight? Was he like November eighteenth or something like that? I mean, was he? You tell us. Oh Jesus! Come on, might guys. have to call up Robbie Silver. Oh, he 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 doesn't know that one. He knows Little Nas X's. Yeah, w- yeah. When's <laughs> Little Nas X's birthday? I'll I'll say November eighteenth, but I don't think that's right. That's uh, well, that's, that's Kirk. I'll just Kirk's. say that's I'll just that's say that's Kirk's. That's Kirk's. Kirk's. That's Kirk's. That's Kirk's eleven eighteen sixty two tattooed across his chest. We'll, g- we'll give you one more, one more chance. He, get, he gets a mulligan. Ah, <laughs> uh, God! Don't March twenty fourth. Oh, closer. Right? Where is it? Knowing Brian, he probably has like four pair of Jason's jeans and pants and Levi shirt. Yeah, do you have a pair of Jason's shirt? high tops? <laughs> do you no, have any but Air I, Jordan I, Newsteads. I, I do. Air Newsteads. I, I, I do. I do have one of the travel visas I can go look at his birthday on. The travel visa for Mr. Newstead? One of them, yeah, one of them. One of oh, them. That's cool. One they of them. Get oh, re- yeah. They get they get renewed every couple of years. You know, I've got twelve of them. Yeah. No big deal. And my motels. March fourth of sixty. March fourth. I wouldn't have got that one. So much for that drum kit, Brian. Nice knowing you. Yep. Yeah, been real. Huh? All right, let's so- disconnect. Episode's over. Yep, we're out of here. Question three. Who was the opening act on night two of the Fillmore shows in 2011? Uh, night two was... Uh, was that the yellow night? I'm trying to think. Was that the yes. yellow coin night? That yes. was... Okay. Uh, I'm guessing you were there. Yeah, I know. Let's see. Was that when John Bush? Was that when they played? Was that Armour Saint? Nice work. There we go. I don't know. Wow. Was it? No, I'm just kidding. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> That was Armor Saint. You got it, man. That was Lulu night. Yeah, that was horrible. And <laughs> I still, and I'm over this conversation. Dude, Shane was there, and I'm over. And it. I'm over it. 
I, I do have an autographed Lulu album for the record. I wow. don't know why because so, so I hate it. You'll take an autographed Lulu record, but you won't take a James Hetfield statue. Come on, man. Dude, oh, hold on. I, <laughs> is it signed by all five of them? No, I only went with all four of them because I hate Lou Reed, so <laughs> I decided not to. Touche. I was I was gonna say if it's signed by all five, that would be a that would be a cool. That would idea. be very cool, yes. But there was actually Lou, the, the, Lou is out, so so is the record. All four, I'll take. Right. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> the worst was when the worst was when they were like at the show. They're like, Lou, do you want to play one more? And everybody's like, No. no. And and they played it anyways, and it was miserable. Yeah, when they played two, and then they said that for a third, I'm like, Oh, please God, no. Hey, anybody want to hear the table again? Please God help me. <laughs> all right, question number four. True or false, Michael Kamen arranged string section to the original version of Nothing Else Matters. True. Look at that. That was a quick answer, too. I like it. That's true. Oh, he knows it. He probably has something by Michael Kamen signed in his basement right now. Uh, no, but I have his program. But no, not signed cool. by him. Jeff, question five I made up on the fly. Can you tell? Yeah, and I like it. We should do more of this category of questions because this was actually a really ingenious one. Centers around the black elm. I don't know how I came up with this. It just rolled out as I was typing. I think that Brian. We question five is called "More or Less." Holier than thou has been played more or less than one hundred times. That is a mm. diehard fucking obsessive Metallica trivia question. That's tough. That's a tough fucking a question. Fun. You know, it, 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 and you know what? It's tough. I'm going to go with less because I feel like they just started playing it more and more recently, but I don't think they played it for a long time, like after the Black Album came out. So I'm going to go under 100. You are correct. Nicely done. 88 nice. times. Nice. It is great live, too. It's just. I love it. Yeah, it's fucking great. Okay, more or less, we gotta we gotta keep using that, Jeff. Oh yeah, I agree. That's that was a good one. That's a good one. Is is anything? I don't think more or less. I think it's still less. Is Master of Puppets still under nineteen hundred times? It's really close, actually. It's getting close. Yeah, I think it's in the I I think it's in the low eighteen hundreds still, actually. But it's puppets and it's, creep are the most played. I think Sandman passed creep now. Is it? Oh, that's sad. I think so. It is sad. Well, <laughs> no, Jeff, we're talking you, about the Black Elm, dude. <laughs> when, when, you, when, you, when you think that it's every show for 30 years that's been played on now. Yeah. I mean, it literally is. And promo and TV and ads yep. and videos and oh, Hold events on, I need, and sporting events. What, what's and, the pizzle noise? Ugh. <sighs> 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 We need to get a sample of that. <laughs> oh, I have one. <laughs> Four for five and jump in the fire as we enter end of the line. Uh, last week, I stumped Jeff. I should say Brett from Hawaii stumped Jeff on finish that lyric line. Oh. Brett, Brett from Hawaii. Brett from Hawaii. Good dude. We just did a transaction. What a good guy. Dude, awesome. Yeah. Great guy. Very, very nice guy. Very respectful. Class act. Yep. Dude, if you lived the island life, you'd be a nice, classy guy. That's, too. What's there to that's, what, up that's what I'm trying to live on an island. Yeah, right. right. Get out right. of the city. End of the line, uh, Mr. Silver. Two Black Album songs. Are you ready? I'm ready. Never opened 
myself this way. Life is ours. We live it our way. All these words I just I just don't say. All these you know, I just don't. I, 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 nice. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? Uh, what was your answer? Uh, I'm trying to sing it at the same time. He didn't get All it. these words I don't, I don't, I just don't say. Is it don't just or just don't? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm getting. I'm. Oh, oh yeah, it, it matters. All these words. Uh, all these words I don't just say. There we go. Bingo. The first time he said it, all these words I just don't say, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. that wasn't right. it. Right. <laughs> Got it. Tongue twister. <laughs> it is. It is a tongue twister. Number two, end of the line. And as I type this out, I, I, I learned something today. You learn something every day when you play this game. The more you know. Gossip burning on the tip of your tongue. You lie so much, you believe yourself. You lie so much, you believe Judge not. Is that the next one? Yeah, we're looking for a few more words. What is it now? Why? Because I said it all oh, fucked yeah, up. Oh, right, exactly. I can't think of it now. You lie so much, you believe yourself. Don't judge not me. What did you say? Because now I'm all fucked up. Uh, gossip Jeff, what is it? On the tip of your tongue, you lie so much, you believe yourself. Judge not. I know. I, I hear it. I can't. I can't think of. I can't think of saying it right now. Judge not. Believe me. What is it, Jeff? Judge not, lest ye be judged yourself. Ye. It's because they decided to use them pirate words in there. It was yeah. so weird. It's spelled uh, after judge not, <laughs> lest l e s t ye y e be judged yourself. Yeah. Like I said, that's that that's pirate talk. Is. I did not know that that Y-E was in there. If I would have just substituted yeah for it, would that have been good? Because that's kind of what James does anyways. Judge not lest yeah be judged. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got it, Jeff. Are we giving it to him? I'm not going to be the official caller on that one. No, we're giving it to him. That's a tough one to say, I got. If he would have only known Jason Newstead's birthday, he'd have an orange drum kit, you know, halfway there via FedEx by now. You know, Brian, you you seem like a such a diehard fan, but you have some really strong opinions about some of the the stuff that they've either put out or whatever. He loves Lulu. He loves Miley Cyrus. We get it, Jeff. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, is there a song that should not be? Ooh. Out of all their is catalog, is there a song that you just feel like, man, I gotta skip over the song, or you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run and play this song immediately i want to put a twist on that for him this week if if i may absolutely you may either a song that should not be or a collectible item that should not be that is very overrated and it can't be the knuckle bone i was gonna say we can't we can't use the one that he already said Right. Well, I'd I'd say that from the collecting point, that's the easy one. I think that the glassware was really overrated. You know, when people were paying two, three hundred dollars for pint glasses, I was like, I thought that was a little excessive. They were really cool. Don't get me wrong, but you could buy them now for like fifteen bucks, right? Right. And uh, I thought that was a little over. As far as songs go, I mean, you know, right away, 
you know, my, my head goes right to St. Anger on something, right? I mean, big, su- big surprise. Big surprise. Right? Insert knife in the Jeff and turn. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, you know, here's the thing was, like, when St. Anger came, came out, I really liked it, actually. Like, I really did. But over time, like, some of those songs just fizzle, they just fizzle away to me. You know, I mean, like, I love Frantic. I still love Frantic. You know, like, I think that's still one of their great songs. And I wish they played it more, to be honest with you. But, uh, God, I don't even know. There's, the, you know, maybe something on Death Magnetic, I, I guess. You know, I, I somewhere in that era, you know, yeah, like as long I as it's my apocalypse, I, we're good, right? <laughs> you know, and it might be. You know, I really believe, like, you know, <laughs> if you were to, if you were to ask this question to James Hatfield, right, he'd say probably Escape, right? I mean, they fucking hated Escape. I actually like Escape. I do too. I you know, that song. I, right? Lars I, said that Eye of the Beholder was the song that he didn't like. Right. Yep, I heard that too. That's weird. You know, I think, and I, th- you know, I really think that all the songs up to. Like, even through Reload, I feel like they all had a purpose. Like, they really, you know, because the, the band was so young. Even through Reload, they were in their early 30s, right? And so, you know, I think after that, they they got a little bit choppier. You know, they felt almost a little forced, right? I mean, you guys were musicians, so you know what I'm talking about. Like, it just didn't seem as naturally put together as some of those songs. I've that, always felt right? that way about Death Magnetic on a lot of choppy. the songs, that it was choppy and just kind of pieced together. Still great yeah, songs, yeah. but just not as smooth. No doubt. And how much of that do you want? Do you think is Rick Rubin's influence? Right, zero. Because like, <laughs> Rick Rubin, right? I mean, <laughs> he didn't do shit. He didn't do shit. He sat right? on he the sat couch back there and laid it. Right, but you like you you wonder you really like you wonder like couch what with his Benoit balls. Right, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know something you know and, and maybe you know maybe the creative process like I get it they're older and everything changes like I'm not expecting them to be kill them all anymore but no I don't want that right you wonder if they force some of the issues right and, and and put out albums when they're not ready or whatever I mean who knows what it is but there's just you know I look I think that you know I thought that the most recent I thought Hardwired is a great album I think Hardwired start to finish is a great album for the most part yes. I really do you know so um you know, but yeah, I think maybe somewhere in Death Magnet. I couldn't even tell you which one, but something maybe Saint Anger, maybe Death Magnetic could be one I could skip over. Jeff, we need to go back in the archives of the th- song that should not be and add up how many Saint Angers there are because I think it's gonna make you weep. Yeah, but well, I are, mean, what? I've been I've been expecting it, and when I get a song like Orion instead of Saint Anger, then you know, even though I'm a little. You know, ups, not, speaking well, of Orion, that came but... from speaking of Orion, that came from another uh, guest of ours from Chicago, Mr. Dino. Yes, it did. Yep. What would well, let's throw it back on you guys? What would be the song you'd skip? Well, Jeff, don't say it. I'm I'm not going to say nothing. Don't say Inner Sandman. Shane hates the fact that I don't like that song, but I've already said that that's not the song. That's a song that I would skip, but that's not the song that I think. I don't think that's the song that should not be. It definitely right. should exist. I just can't stand listening to that song. <laughs> I will turn it off if I hear it. But with that being said, I told him that the song that should not be was Black in 2020. I did not like it. Yeah. Funny you say that. I actually didn't either. And I felt like maybe I was missing what? something because it got so many people loved it, right? So many people loved it. I was, you know, what else I was really surprised at too was, I don't know if you heard James's cover of Wood. Yeah, you know the Austin. Yeah, James cover. I thought that and the cover of Turn the Page too that he did. I right, 
and, and people were like he sounded people were like he sounded amazing I was like he sounded like shit like he was so off he was so off pitch and I was shocked at how many people were like what an amazing recording what an amazing sound. I wasn't like, a big I wasn't a big fan of the acoustic stuff they did I don't know why they didn't just do the full live thing you know like for the wood you know because you know, obviously, Corn had did. Uh, I can't even talk. Corn did wood, and they killed it. And you know, all these bands, they had you know the full, you know, electric live setup. So I don't know why Metallica wouldn't have done that either. I mean, right? I'm I'm sure they have enough resources to to do that, but you know, it is what it is. They were tired after they were playing as Pluto. But yeah, that's it's interesting because, like I said, I felt like I was truly the oddball out because it got such praise. Right, I mean, I was reading, you know, uh, you know, all different websites, you know, Metal Hammer and all these sites, and they were all like, "God, this this was incredible," and I was like, "I just don't see it," you know, I really didn't see it. People are excited for shit to get released because we were all locked up for a year, and they went, "Oh, new Metallica, 2020. This is this is the best shit we have ever seen." I mean, when they released that "All Within My Hands" from S and M too. Now that that was that was amazing. Yeah. you know what I mean, and that was fantastic. <laughs> But I, I just I don't think that some of God, you guys are hard to please. Some of that acoustic stuff just was not good. Do you remember years ago? It was during when they were touring with Days of the New and Jerry Cantrell. It was probably ninety seven, ninety eight. They did that 98. set. It was ninety eight, and they yeah. did that a, a couple acoustic songs. Right? They did Reload in the Sheds. Yeah, they. Right? I think they started it with Helpless. If I remember, it was like what yeah. they opened it up with, and that actually wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. It was it was helpless. Low it man's. was low man, low man's, and then they did horseman, right? And uh, I thought that was actually and pretty caress, good. And then some nights motor bro. Oh, that's right. Yep, they did caress. That's right. I agree with you 100. percent I thought that that was good too. But I mean, James's voice also was a little bit, you know, it was a little bit younger then, and I feel like his weathered voice needs the the heaviness behind it. You know what I mean? When you break it down to just the acoustic, I don't know. I just it just didn't sound right. It's not that it sounded bad, but it to me it just didn't. Totally sound, agree. It didn't sound right. That's all. Totally agree. Look at it, and you know what? Nobody. No, this isn't shit talking. I mean, James is fifty-seven, right? Fifty-eight yeah. now, whatever he is, right? I mean, like, give the guy the most respect in the world, but like his voice is not what it used to be. No, and I mean so it's all. It's probably to, one giant callus now. <laughs> right. Right, and so you, so you, find, you but you got to find something that makes it work, and you know, all band would have been better than him in acoustic. And again, I love it. You know, I actually thought one of the great acoustics he did was the in when he did "In My Life" by the Beatles. I thought that was a very good acoustic, actually. Yeah, it was solid. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was a really good one. I guess it's, I feel sorry for the women in your guys' life. Boy, you guys are hard to please. I'm really easy to please, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm asking her tomorrow that uh, she'll tell you that I'm. I might be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a car magazine, a Metallica CD, and he's a happy boy. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> right? Life, life is that easy. Life is that easy. Yeah. Give Brian $50,000 to go buy some handwritten lyrics, and he's a happy dude, too. Right, exactly. My wife my wife would never know that's how much I need, but you know what? Oh, I meant $50. Yeah, you better edit right, that exactly. out just in case she listens to the right. episode. <laughs> and cut. And cut. Can we, splice, can we splice that there, please? I just need to get an O'Hare overnight and come over. We can, you know, down about 40 Coors Lights and just act stupid and maybe I'll steal that thing that your friend stole, your friend Grant. That is easy. That is easy. <laughs> Brian's like, well, I'll make sure that I never invite you guys over now. <laughs> no. You know, my problem is I go straight for 
I go straight to vodka, so we get we get we get wild pretty quick. Oh, we'd have a lot of. I fun. like we'd to go straight to through the never all night, and your wife would be like, "Get this asshole out of my house." Straight to te- tequila or vodka, any of that, it's all good. Let's do it. You you guys make your way to Chicago. Let's do it. I'll get I'll I'll, I'll carry your drum set for you. How about that? Oh, perfect, Brian. I'll even let you play a couple notes on the Orange Spark, and you can just pretend it's yours for a couple songs. We could be like stepbrothers. We'd be like stepbrothers. Well, I'll put my nuts all over your drum set too. <laughs> Bottoms playing Moby Dick for real. <laughs> Did you touch my drums? No, I was watching Cops. Right. And I happen to know that Cops doesn't start until 4. Right. John Bob's playing Moby Dick for real. I swear to God. I swear to God. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching Cops. You fucking touch my drum set because I know Cops doesn't start till 4. Because I'm going to put my nuts hat on your drum set. Instant classic. Love Step Brothers. Yeah, that's the best. Oh, my God, we had fun. Brian, is there anything we haven't covered in an hour and 20? I'm sure we could go on for 10 more hours. we got to have you back we, for part we, two. We'll do a part yeah, two we for go sure. On forever. No, we should, we'll do a part two live from Chicago. How about that? That'd be fun. From your basement. I think we should do that. Even if we're not playing in town, Jeff and I should just make it there for a night, and we could do a whole episode and bring the whole setup and have a grand old time, man. We should do it. I'll tell you, uh, I had a guy fly in from London to see the collection a couple of years ago. And, wow. Uh, it, it, and it was, so what was funny really quickly was, and then we'll end with this story. So the, uh, the guy comes and uh, I, I've known him through collecting, but never met him before. So my wife, I tell her he's coming. She's like, oh, like, what are you fucking talking about? Like your internet friend's coming? I'm like, yeah. Right. I'm like, he's a nice guy. She's like, have you met him? I'm like, no. Anyways, he comes in. Uh, he goes down to the basement and we started my kid's playroom, which has like old sticks and drum heads and things like that. Five minutes later, my wife comes down with a glass of wine and she's like, so what did you think? And we looked through like four pieces at that time. Right. And the guy's like, not even paying attention to my wife. He's like, so into it. My four wife's pieces. like trying to, right. And the guy's trying to like, she's trying to talk to the guy. So like, you know, what's it like in the UK and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like zoomed in on all the pieces. My wife looks, she's like, I realize I'm getting nowhere. She's like, all right, I'm going to go back upstairs. And it took him like two and a half hours to get through my <laughs> basement. And my basement's not enormous by any means. It's just floor to ceiling framed memorabilia. And, uh, but my wife, she thought she was going to. She zone. thought it was going to be like a five minute tour. She thought it was going to be five minutes, and it was like two and a half hours to get through the basement. <laughs> I bet we'd be there for that's, a good three and a half hours. That's that's when my wife realized that people besides myself actually like this. Take that, sweetie. Just a few. I'm not the only nerd. We got to go to Chicago, Jeff. Yes, we do. That is so cool. It's been a good time. Great episode. I could literally talk all night about this stuff. <laughs> yes, been a blast. I appreciate it. Brian, thanks again for coming on podcast. For all you, the fan drive the discussion, choose the topic, season four, episode 10, Brian Silver from Chicago. Jeff, you got anything else? Man, I am i don't even know what to say. I am at a loss for words. That was badass. Speaking of badass, from what you and I know coming up on the calendar, a special guest next week on a podcast for all. Tune in and find out who it is. Dun, dun, dun. Brian, thanks again, dude. Keep in touch and rock on. You got it, boys. Thank you. Rock on, brother. So close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trust in you.
Open my 